welcome to today's episode of the Strategy Hero podcast. The podcast that's all about delving into the world of business strategy, transformation, and operational excellence, featuring insights and experiences from some of the most successful leaders in the field. Today, I have a very special guest, Frederick Fjellstedt, who is our Strategy Hero for this episode. Frederick is a partner and master enabler at the consulting firm Business Free People. Frederick, it's lovely to see you. I'm happy to be here. It's lovely to have you. So Frederick, could you just quickly tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Because I know I've personally read one of your books and I'm following you on LinkedIn and I've spoken to you for quite quite a while now. But although you do a lot of interesting work, there are going to be some of our listeners who perhaps haven't heard of you and you have a fascinating background. Could you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and then we can dive into the subject for today? Yeah, certainly. So, uh, my, my background started, my, my professional background started at Toyota. So, right after university studies, I joined, um, back then it was a Swedish company called BT, who ma- manufactured um, warehouse trucks. And at the same time, I joined Toyota, had acquired them a few years earlier, and started up their lean journey. So they kind of started that transformation journey of going from traditional Swedish manufacturing company into what we would call today kind of a lean company. But of course, that would be more of a Toyota company. So I worked there for 10 years, kind of was part of that journey, uh, which was absolutely, uh, absolutely a fantastic journey. You learned so much, right? Uh, There's a reason why we want to understand what is Toyota is doing and, and kind of how, how can we try to, to learn from them. Um, so I worked there for 10 years with leadership development. I worked there with um, problem solving, um, but also Ocean Calvary, which kind of led me into also what we'll talk about here today, that, that policy deployment or the strategic part of the lean, lean thinking and kind of the lean management part of it. So there I was part of um, introducing Ocean Country to the European organization. We were around 10,000 employees at that time. So I worked a lot with um, yeah, training material, leadership development, and kind of building those capabilities inside the company. Um, and from there, I kind of started up my own independent consultancy firm for a couple of years. And three, four years ago, I joined Business to People kind of took my business into to that. Uh, and today I'm a uh, master enabler and partner in the, in the company. So, uh, uh, and there we, we enable organization and, and leadership teams in, in Hoshin Country, among other things. So, so it has been an interesting journey up to now. And, and I also wrote that book you mentioned, Implementing Hoshin Country with some, some people here in, in Sweden. Thank you. Like I said, there's a lot of things about your career path that I think our audience will love to hear more about. And even the book itself that you mentioned is a fantastic read. And obviously we'll share information about it after this episode. But out of all of those topics, I think the one thing that's for our conversation today that I really found interesting and would love you to expand more upon uh, is the four C's of leadership. I would love you to just take people through the journey of what those four C's are. And I would say really give people some reassurance that yes, there is a challenge. And I guess in any market, there's always going to be challenges, but now 
probably more than ever in, in 2023, it's significantly harder than, than ever before to really be successful with delivering on your strategy and executing your strategic plans and you know, really delivering operational results. So I just wanted to just jump into the topic and more than ever um, really address the fact that we have these distractions and we're consistently faced with a changing market condition. And there's something about, I believe, 61% of, of businesses find there's a gap between their plans and their ability to actually execute those projects, which um, really help you to achieve those goals. But what's more interesting to me is that the average employment length right now in the US, for example, in, in particular, is it's about four years. So you've got this almost perfect storm of challenging conditions. The gap between plans and delivering on those plans is growing. And the tenure of the people in the organizations uh, that, that are responsible for delivering on those plans isn't significantly long. In fact, if we go for a three to five year traditional cycle of strategy, that's not even a full cycle that people are staying in in post. So here's my question for you. Is there a way that you can plot a different direction? And if so, what is that path? <laughs> you need another question, right? But I absolutely yeah. believe that there is a way, absolutely. And, um, and I mean, like I said, Hoshin County is kind of my, my take on what I believe can build good capabilities in an organization to actually deliver on those strategic choices that we have made. Um, and I mean, Hoshin kind of started to, to be present already kind of 40, 50 years ago. So in a sense, there are new, there, there are not kind of new thinking, but like you said, uh, already then it was kind of a dynamic condition of the dynamic world we left, lived in. Uh, and that has kind of just accelerated. Um, so so the, I think the more dynamic conditions we have, the, the more important it is to build the right capabilities so we can kind of manage that. And, and traditionally, especially when it comes to uh, strategy and strategic planning, it tends to be quite rigid. Uh, I have done some, uh, I've been teaching at the university also kind of on the side the last couple of years in, in strategic management and, and I'm still fascinating that even today modern strategic textbooks are of course they, they, they are they are updated but but they are tend to kind kind of focus a lot on the planning phase doing the right plan if we have have the right plan we are good to go right uh, that, that is of course important but how do we build leadership capabilities that can also not only try to think out what what a good plan is, but also identify so what problems do we need to solve, and once we have you know identified those, how do we then start to to kind of deal with those problems step by step, and what what learning approach can we have to that, and that's we come more to the execution phase of it, and there I still see most leaders I meet are struggling with that. From leadership teams all the way down to to first-line managers, right? I mean, it's tough because we are trying to think about the future that has not happened and no one knows what will happen. And that's why it's so important we have what I believe is a different approach to how to take on these strategic challenges, which is much more learning, and do something, 
learn from it and kind of make these small adjustments. <laughs> and building that capability, I think, is, is where we should spend more time and focus on and not only teach leaders how to make really good plans. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that the PDCA loop that you're talking about, and in fact, the overarching principles that you talk to, they're not just necessarily at the, you know, the C-suite level. They're all the way down to the first line of managers and, and to the shop floor. And from reading your book and, and talking through the concepts that you're going to cover today for everyone, it's something that I actually like to use within my own department. And from what I understand, if you're at a manufacturing site, if you work in a corporate office, or even if you're in a services vertical, for example, these are basic principles that if you follow them, they can give you the foundations for success. And I think we're in for a pleasantry from yourself today, Frederick, over the course of this episode. Exactly. So I, <clears throat> when, when I meet leaders and I talk about policy deployment or Hoshin County, which is kind of same name on the, on, on, on the same thing, right? I often open with a, a slide or kind of mention that uh, kind of a quote uh, saying it took the leadership team 30 days to develop the strategy. It took the organization 30 seconds to misunderstand it. Uh, and then, I mean, <laughs> I see right. you kind of, you're smiling and, and that's always the reaction I get. I can, I can do that in a room of 150 leaders and it will always create some kind of people laughing and nodding kind of in recognition, right? Because there's so much truth in that, you know, it's a bit black or white, but people recognize themselves with that. That we get these strategic directions in an email or in a town hall meeting. And many times what we see is that especially middle managers trying to figure out, so hmm, what is my part in this? And then they start to get questioned from the organization. So what is, does this mean? And should we prioritize in a different way? And many, many times, this is what I have seen with my own eyes, kind of leaders don't, they don't feel connected to that strategy. And if they don't feel connected, they tend to many times put it aside and say, that's not for us. So let's continue with whatever we have been done, doing in the past, right? Mm. And already there you kind of, you have lost hope of the better of making these strategic uh, achievements. So there is so much gain in, in trying a different way to involve the whole organization, not only by communication, but actually by involvement in problem solving and have each lead on each level to think about. So if I'm going to contribute to whatever senior management team has decided, what should I do in my part of the organization? And that's kind of, for me, is the basis of those four C you mentioned, and mm -hmm. kind of how that can be more of a leadership guidance rather than a tool that we use. So that's more that leadership view on, on how can we how can we think differently in in how how we implement strategies, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I believe a lot of our listeners have the tools they need. They have the X matrix, they have the bowling chart, they have the root cause analysis uh, tools, they have their TTIs, they have everything they need. But what I think is missing, quite frankly, and I see a lot of this 
with our audience is the question of, well, yeah, this is great, but what can I actually do? What can I actually do to win hearts and minds? Because that's what it all comes down to. You win someone's heart, then their minds, and then, you know, the rest of this in terms of execution should be relatively straightforward. And then those tools are great. I mean, you need the right tools also. This is kind of uh, adding to that picture. And that, that is also what happened in lean in general, that people started to learn about concrete tools. They started to learn on, so what did Toyota or other successful lean companies do? And can we just copy that? And after a while, they hit into the wall and thinking, hmm, that was not enough. And it's the same here. X-matrices, uh, bullet chart, I mean, all of those are great tools. But looking at that, those four Cs, which is um, the clarity, the courage, the commitment and consensus, and kind of add that layer to how do we need to act as leaders to utilize these tools, right? Because that's the, the main the main challenge. So these four Cs is something I often, when I go out and work with leadership teams and organization, and, and they might use the X matrix, they might uh, do other things, right? I still start to talk about do we have the clarity? Do you know in the organization or in the leadership team, do you have the same view? Is it a clear direction you have? And sometimes, which is not very uncommon, we can almost start with a vision and mission statement to not to define. Many times that is existing, right? But do we see the same picture? Because if we can't decode the vision and mission statement into kind of breakthroughs, that then we, we need to think a bit more kind of how can this vision and mission become that guiding the true north that we are looking for, right? So many times you might have a dialogue in the management team kind of what is your interpretation? And when you start to do this with senior leaders in the beginning, they might feel kind of back to square one, right? But I mean, it's not usual, unusual that I have spent one or two days with the management team just talking about an existing almost vision and mission. And at the end of that, they come out and say, hmm, now we have actually much more clarity. And just having that dialogue help us to understand, so where do we go next? What are the breakthroughs that we need to have, right? So part of the clarity is to get management team on, on the same level. And if that would be clear, then of course we come to an even more kind of clarity uh, challenges. Do we see the same priorities? This is where we can start to break the silos, right? Hmm. So what they do in production, what they do in sales, what they do in R&D. Are we part of the same team? Or are we just running our own small little kingdoms here? Hopefully that we do the right things. Uh, and, and that's also the clarity. Mm. What are those company direction, company priorities we need to have? So we need to see that picture as a leadership team. And many times that's more engaging in that dialogue. Of course, we use data and we might have SWOT analysis or strategic uh, analysis in, in other ways to, to help us to understand, right? But at the end of the day, it's a management team taking decisions. And there we need to see the same things. 
And then we need to have the clarity into the organization. So when we start to communicate, that we communicate the same picture, but also create that clarity. So when I start to talk to my leadership team or my leaders, and I start to get a lot of questions, of course I should be able to guide them with the same way that others are guiding. So many times that clarity that we often think we have is put to the test quite soon. Quite often we might see that we start to build a different story depending on who is telling that. And the more clarity we can have on have on that, the better it will be. So whatever we put in that X, X matrix or in those boulder chart or those targets, right, are viewed in the same way. So we stand behind that. And we when we have that clarity, we can have people actually care or, or commit also to those whatever goals and direction we are setting, right? Mm. So that's why for me the clarity is so important. And of course there are techniques and so on how you do that, but many, many times just starting to talk about that with leaders is quite value-adding in itself. And then we can structure the work of course in different ways, but many times we make the assumption that we see the same thing. And many times senior leaders think we are senior leaders. So of course we 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 see the same things. Right? And, and so it's good just to leave that dialogue and either mm -hmm. confirm or adjust if we need to. Absolutely. I think that I've got a couple of examples that come straight to mind when you talk about clarity, Frederick. I mean, I've worked in organizations where we've had a mission and a vision, but you would get people around the room and you say, okay, what do you interpret it as? What, what do you think that means? And they would take what it means in their minds, but it's more than likely inconsistent with what someone in sales thinks, someone in product thinks. And like you say, one of the things I really love about Hosh and Kanri and the True North in particular, and I guess this feeds into clarity is, you know, I now make sure that whenever I'm setting our strategy in terms of our marketing organization, we have a true north and that true north feeds into the business of true north and so on and so forth. So sales has one and operations has one and product has one and it already does feed back up into the organization's true north. And I think that you're right when you have that clarity, you do care more and you do make sure that the work that you create and complete feeds back into that true north and that the purpose of the business is is to move towards that true north it you know and if you're not providing value towards that that destination you're just spinning your wheels you're just doing work for the sake of it yeah. and then, i mean out of that you would also start to think about that so what are those breakthroughs so what what are those major shifts in the organization, in our capabilities that we need to do the coming years, right? How many can we do? What are the priorities? And the more clarity we have, this is my personal belief, the easier it will be, not easy, but the easier, or it will be for the management team to actually take some good decisions. Because that's another thing. I, I don't know how many times I have met leadership teams where the strategic 
either if it's breakthroughs or strategic targets or it's kind of a wish list mm. Mm. because everyone has a few things on that list and how do we create kind of commitment in the organization on what is really important right mm. and how can we as a management team guide the organization in the execution phase when we start to to run into our obstacles like we would run into mm. and mm. things are being escalated and we might need to prioritize in a in a different way than we did in the planning phase and if we don't have the clarity it will be more difficult to prioritize because then all of a sudden we have so many things we want to do so that's why the clarity is also important to kind of see so where do we go from here as a management team what are our top priorities how do we shift the organization to the next level how do we make that step change and here you might only have three or five or three to five of those breakthroughs right uh, and, and that's not always easy to to narrow down your list to, to just a couple of few so the clarity kind of from, from having a great clarity or better clarity, all those conversations will go easier. You might still have tough decisions to take. You might still have kind of um, going back and forth, weigh and decide different options, right? But I think it will be easier. And if you will build the capability in the organization to take decisions on those bases rather than just uh, go with the flow or hope for the best, right? So, so that, that's also why clarity is so important to, to spend time and focus on. So how does that work in terms of then, I guess, giving the people the courage to go out and take that, that clarity and make those right decisions? How does that work in your mind? Exactly. So, so courage is kind of the second C I talk. And then there are kind of those, no specific order in that sense. But if we talk about those breakthroughs, and if we talk about what Hoshin is all about, is to challenge the organization to break kind of status quo. So if we are going to make a step change, we probably need to change our way of thinking. We need to change our way of doing things. Because what we have done in the past have led us, led us here. And then we need to have courage, right? So if we ask the organization to, to take a, a leap of faith in, in the sense, of course, first, as a management team, we need to have the courage to challenge ourselves and the organization saying, Let, let's push ourselves a bit more. And that's always a bit scary because you are putting your chin out, right? You make you more vulnerable for kind of Failure, I don't call it, it's not a failure to me, but that's how many seeds that if we say that let's push ourselves to make a 20% performance improvement here, and we only get 16, is that a failure because we didn't reach the target? So it might be better than that we just say 12, because then we are sure we will meet the target and perhaps a bit more. Um, so that, that takes a lot of courage. Um, and, and working with Hoshin, it's very much about having that courage as a management team to, to lead the organization in that direction. But then you also need to have the courage to trust people, right? Because if we talk about 
engaging people in more problem solving is to say, based on our clarity, based on our direction, we, have, we kind of trust in you to find your problems that you need to solve. So we need to have the courage to trust the organization because this is not a top-down process. This is not a top-down approach only. Top-down is the direction. Mm. What up is involving the organization to identify what problems need to be fixed, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why we do the catchball. Catchball is, man, I mean, it's, it's building clarity. It kind of builds that courage to push the organization, to listen, to see kind of they are actually finding some good things here. Uh, so the courage part is so important to, to break that status quo. Because if you are not breaking status quo, or like we said, if you already, already know how you want to solve or accomplish a breakthrough, it's probably not the breakthrough you're looking for because you already have the answer. A breakthrough is where you don't know how to, 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 to accomplish that. And everyone who has been working in, in, in a leadership position knows that's quite scary. And, and as a leader, and that's also coming to the third C, kind of that commitment, is that as a leader, when, when no matter what level I am, so let's say I start on, on, on top level, uh, when I engage in the dialogue with the next level, instead of just saying, these are the targets for next year, make sure you fulfill them, because this is what we have decided, right? Uh, and if you're not fulfilling them, we will not be very happy with you. Uh, for me, that, that's not building commitment. That, that's kind of asking the leaders to, and the organization to, to kind of just make sure the numbers look right, because that then organization will be happy. I would rather have that dialogue of, of, of leaders saying, these are my commitments for next year. This is what I have committed with my management team members or with my with my boss, right? So how can you help me achieve my objectives? So I invite the organization to say, please help me. You need to figure out what problems should you solve so I can be successful and you can be successful. And, and that's a completely different dialogue than implementing targets, saying sell more. Right? So, so for me, that's also leadership capability that uh, kind of looping back to what you said in the beginning there, James, that many has the right tools and, and good tools, right? But we not always finding the, the kind of full potential of those tools because we as leaders doesn't engage in the right conversations. We don't invite organizations in the right way. We don't challenge in the right way. Uh, and that's I well, that's what I believe also will create the commitment that you make the top priorities of the organization important than the priority for also a first line manager or or a department manager, right? But then we have a good dialogue around it, and we don't just plan, leave it, and and go come back to it six months, ten, twelve months later and see so what happened. We do this continuously. I always say you follow up at least once a month. And when you say it, people will say, but, but that's kind of basic business 101, right? But once again, I'm surprised how many times we are not following up 
either we are missing to follow up or we have the wrong conversation when we follow up. So we don't turn the PDCA cycle. And then we are missing so much of, of what Poshin and, and, and the potential of that is all about. I believe there's a, a, a stat out there from, um, from Gartner that says something like uh, only 6% of the C-suite check in on their strategic plans on a monthly basis, which is mind-boggling, frankly. I totally agree. And, and, and quite often what happens then is that so we plan year one, and many times that cycle is sometimes 10, 12 months with different interactions, right? And then we have the plan, and then we actually kind of start to use, execute plan year two. And, and what you said, quite often leaders kind of drop the ball there. Uh, don't follow up as frequent as they should. Don't have the right conversation when do they when they follow up, and then instead they start year two planning. So if once again it's a bit black or white, but but that's a picture I often see that that companies almost jump from planning to planning phase and hope that something good is happening in between. Uh, and with Hoshin, you kind of balance that in a more in a better way. Where you do the, the, the planning phase, but then you spend a lot of time and energy in the follow-up, right? Having those PDCA conversations. Uh, and that's really where, where, where you, if you start to build that capability in organization, you will also see much more improvement in actually reaching those strategic objectives. That, that's my experience. And that's what Toyota is doing great. Mm. No, I uh, I completely agree. Again, that's that's something that I do. All my teams follow PDCA in terms of um, you know their, their their ways of working, and part of my role has always been to look at strategy and look at scenarios. And I joke about it with team members, but I probably spend a quarter of my week doing scenario planning, which is it's just the reality I believe of making sure that you're either following the right direction or or that you are considering other directions that ultimately will always lead you back to that true north of what you are trying to achieve. And, and there is something, um, and, and that will also come to, to why consensus is so important, because there is something in, in the PDCs where, where we say, what will happen in the future, we don't know, because it's, in, it's kind of through our knowledge threshold. So if we plan for, for next year, we might have some good ideas what might happen, but we don't know because we are not there yet, right? Um, and most of the strategic planning is, is happening through our, or beyond our knowledge threshold in, in, in what we call the kind of the gray zone. And if it's in the gray zone, the only way to achieve our target is to do the PDCA. To plan something, do that and see what happens. And we do that step by step, month by month, week by week sometimes, right? And if we start to learn that what we thought would be a good idea to increase sales was not at all what we thought it would be. So, but so our plan was based on, on, on kind of and a hypothesis saying this would help us to reach those sales targets. 
but already in February we learned something. So then we changed the plan, right? And, and this is why I think the more we invest in a good strategic plan, the harder it will be to go to kind of leave that plan. And if management team signs off on the strategic plan, saying this is what you have committed, and then start to ask to deliver on that plan, no matter what we have learned or not, then we have a problem. So when I work with Hoshin, I always say what you should be very, very firm on is where you need to be at the end of the year. The targets, based on how they will lead you to the breakthroughs. Th those should not change, most likely, because those are based on need. And then you use the whole year to turn the PDCA to understand how do we reach those targets. So as a management team, always keep the eye on the targets and help the organization to overcome whatever obstacle they will need throughout the year in the implementation. And that's why you use the PDCA. Uh, and, and for me, once again, based on my experience, this is where I see many leaders struggling. Because even though it sounds logical, you might feel many times that this is how I do it. I still see organization and leaders struggle with doing it in a different way, not really learning and changing. Uh, and that's the capability we need to build. And that kind of leads me to the last C, which is consensus. So the consensus, of course, is something we want to have at the end of the planning process. Kind of, let's shake hands. We agree on these are the targets, right? And many times consensus will come from the catchboard process, going back and forth, saying, this is what we want to achieve, what do you think? And then coming from the organization saying, these are the problems we think we need to solve, what do you think? These are the targets, what do you think? And you catch, you throw that ball a number of times. And at the end, you will have a handshake saying, okay, these are our priorities, these are our targets, let's go. And you can't have consensus if you don't have that clarity. And with consensus, you will get the commitment, and hopefully through that catch ball and consensus building, you have also building that courage of trusting the organization and challenge the organization. And many times you will learn quickly if this was true consensus or not. Because then you start execution, and let's say in February, March, if you, you, if you had that fiscal year of January to December, you start to run into the obstacles. Things that you didn't expect start to happen. And then management team will be challenged to say, is this still our priorities, yes or no? And if they start to, ah, but this, ah, they are not that important because there are other things also that are important. Then that's the learning for next year. We didn't really have consensus, right? Because there were some other things also floating around. And that's, that's for me the learning journey that management and organizations are when, when they do Hoshin kind of. So next year, how can we make sure we have true consensus? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, so those four C's kind of, they are not, it's not a toolbox, it's not a process step-by-step -step approach, but when, I, when I'm working with leaders, I always use those four C's to kind of build that 
mindset and, and giving them the right capabilities to, to execute the forces. Uh, and many times it's to connect. Oh, we are using X matrix, good. So when you have the clarity, just just fill it out, right? Uh, the, yeah. All you have a bonus chart, great. So if you have consensus, then we know what should, should be there, and then we have our follow-up plan, and we can start to turn the PDC with, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, my experience is that those tools will always be kind of as good as you have those four seats, I would say. Um, so, so that's kind of why I always like to to frame that when we talk about Hoshin or policy, policy deployment, instead of just jumping into concretely kind of step-by-step -step how, how to do it or how to fill out a certain tool. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hear a lot about the seven steps with, for example, you know, if you're a marketer, you hear all about the SOSTAC planning model. But I think what Frederick has shared with us today is it's obviously just an overview and we can probably keep talking for hours and hours, but my Patricia is telling me to hurry up. But what I really love about what you shared today, Frederick, is that this is stuff that you can actually implement. And that's why we consider you one of our strategy heroes. It's not just theory. It's based on what I would imagine is hundreds and hundreds of hours of, of consulting and, and actually doing the doing with some big, some small, and some medium-sized businesses across multiple verticals and continents uh, from, from the sounds of it. And I think what I wanted to do today again was just to share with people this different approach, the four C's, which I think has done a great job explaining um, you know, the challenges that, that you, you face in leading in an organization. But as well as that, really, it's just to let everyone know that if, if this is something that resonates, if this is something that you think, yeah, we absolutely are missing the, you know, the, the commitment elements and therefore the consensus, it, it's very difficult to achieve. You can head over on to the Business Through People's uh, website, which is bdp.dk, btp.dk. And you can learn more about Frederick and his colleagues and the sort of services that they can potentially offer to you. But is there anything else that you would want to share before we wrap up today, Frederick? Yeah, so also I have a webinar on YouTube. Um, so if you search for Hoshin Country, uh, there will come up a few uh, few uh, things in the list, and, and there you will find a webinar that I did two years ago, where I kind of talk about the four C's and kind of go through that a bit more in detail, and also kind of what 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 you can do it more practically. So so that that could also it's around forty five minutes, and, and it's kind of free. So that might be giving you some further inspiration or kind of uh, to 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 improve your own work. So, so that could also be a good way to, to learn more about this. Lovely. Thank you. And in terms of your book, Implementing Hoshin Khanri, How to Manage Strategies Through Policy Deployment and Continuous Improvement, where can our listeners find a copy of what is, quite frankly, an amazing book? I'm taking lots from it. And where can our listeners find that? They, they can find it uh, either on Amazon, I know, uh, or directly on uh, it, it's from Productivity Press. Uh, oh, sorry. So, so you can find it on. Uh, I think the, it's Rootledge. 
But I think Amazon would probably be the easiest way because I would imagine most most are familiar to, to Amazon and then find their way around that. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode and being our strategy hero for the day. Like I said, I could probably go on for another two hours. But, uh... If there's anything you want to hear from him, uh, more around the four C's or potentially more of his experiences in terms of consulting or just as, you, as we said, BTP services, please feel free to reach out to Frederick on the BTP website, or you can get in touch with us at info at inexus.com. So again, thank you, Frederick, for sharing your, your time with us today. It's been a pleasure talking to our strategy hero, Frederick Theostet, and we look forward to having you on the podcast again, hopefully in the future. Look forward to it. Thanks, Patrick.